Spotify. Hello. Thank you for choosing the Lackadaisical Libricularist Podcast. Without further delay, here is your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Lumber Cube. My name is Jordan, and I... Maywood, no less. Oh, jeez. And my name... Oh my god, what is going on? And I am the Lackadaisical Libro-Cubriculus, who has done this opening hundreds, literally, of times, and yet fucked up that time for some reason. Why have I done that? I don't know. You know what it might be? Today within the Libro-Cube is hot internet day, and yet I am recording this on my first day of the week, which is all discombobulated when you are trying to get your brain around it, like I am trying to do, so that is the only explanation that I have. Try uh, internet days are days on which I do not give out spoiler warnings, however, I do also say that I don't give out spoiler warnings, which in itself is a sort of spoiler warning when you think about it, but don't think too hard, because I got a lot to cover today. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. <laughs> oh boy, no, 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 no. That is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as that is what helps podcasts grow and flourish. That will, of course, take us into our last piece of podcast-related business, which is today's sponsor, which is the PS4 Vaginal Controller. Once again, today's sponsor is the PS4 Vaginal Controller. All the functionality of the standard controller, and yet you use your cock... Uh-huh. A very interesting idea from the makers of the PS4. Why not, really? Why not? Uh, coincidentally, or not, who knows, no one will ever know, today's sort of theme of this episode is, for the most part, I think, possibly, maybe, all PS4-related. And let me explain, because that may or may not be true. Mr. Adam Sessler and the good people over at Revisions 3, the YouTube channel that focuses on video games, as you can imagine, did a shit ton of PS4 coverage as it was released last week. So, I have watched all of it, all of it, every single bit of it, and uh, brought back some of it to discuss here. So, it does a couple of things, is teases you to go over there and listen for yourself. The other thing it does is just get some of my PS4 thoughts out there. Now, potentially, that is all we will talk about today, because there's a lot, as you can imagine. But when I'm at work today, if I see any podcasts that I really, really like, maybe I'll bring those back for this afternoon. We will just see. Play it by ear. Play it by vagina controller, even. Mm. Uh, I do want to say before I get in any further is that I do not yet have a PS4. It is, for me, a sort of guaranteed, will-buy-at-some-point purchase, but I kind of wanted to be a little fiscally responsible and uh, ask for Amazon gift certificates from every single person who gets me a gift, 
and then for Christmas, that is, I should specify. And then with those, then I will buy one. Maybe wait until kind of the new year and potentially the price will go down. I don't think I'll necessarily wait for that. Probably just wait till I get these gift certificates and then I'll buy one. Uh, <laughs> kind of, sort of funny, but not necessarily funny. Ha ha. Uh, at Amazon, they had a deal where you got a PlayStation controller, the PlayStation camera, as well as the game Killzone, all in sort of a bundle. So, um, it was, it was cheap and it was one of those sort of guaranteed price. So if between when you paid for it and when you got it, the price went down, you would get whatever the cheapest price was. So I decided to jump on that. So I currently have a PlayStation 4 controller, a camera, and Killzone, uh, whatever it's called, with nothing to play it on. So uh, I've held the controller and it is very, very comfortable and I like it very much. So that's, that's something. Why don't I hop right into the first video, which uh, was with Mr. Adam Sessler himself giving some of his first impressions of the PlayStation 4. Hmm, interesting. Spoke mostly, yeah, I would say spoke mostly of this, of the UI, the user interface, which uh, I've had, or had had, both an Xbox and a PlayStation 3 hooked up at the same time, and everyone sort of within the video game world always says that uh, Xbox user interface was much, much better than the PlayStation. I don't think I necessarily found that. Maybe it's just because I had become so used to it that uh, I never really had trouble finding what I was looking for. Although I suppose towards the end of my PlayStation 3, like now, I've got just tons and tons and tons of games on it because I'm a PlayStation Plus member and get, if I choose, a free game every single week. So those build up pretty quick. And if I were to have to look through them and look for a specific one, I suppose it could get difficult. Or are they in alphabetical order? I don't think they are in alphabetical. I think they're more in the order of what you played last. You should be able to order them in different orders or at the very least search. Search by genre, that, that'd be good. And uh, anyways, what Adam Sessler was saying about the PS4 is they sort of totally revamped the user interface and it's, he calls it pleasing and logical. And logical, is one of my most favorite things in the whole world. Just in general, in the, in the general sort of life sense. In fact, just sort of on that note, non-PS4 related, today at work that I'm driving to right now, uh, we have a new guy starting. And one of, because we just lost um, the old guy, <laughs> I guess you would say. One of the very first things I said to the old guy, and old only in the sense that he is no longer with us, I don't mean dead, I just mean no longer with the company, uh, is one of the first things I said is try to always be logical, because I think, in a, especially in a work environment, and if not in life in general, if you are at least making the attempt to be logical at all times, the, the odds of fucking up are much, much less. So that was my first piece of advice, and that will be my first piece of advice to this new dude, is take, you know, three seconds to think about something before you're going to do it and think, does this make sense what I'm about to do? And that's kind of all it takes. If you do something that does not make sense, and if it makes a logical sense to you and you can back up that logical sense, even if it is wrong, let's say, for lack of a better term, as long as you can back it up with what you think was a logical reason for doing so, 
uh, I'd be much, much more impressed with that than just, oh, I just, you know, thought I'd do it this way. Like, that kind of idea. Anyways, got a little off track there, as I do from time to time. That's what podcasting is all about. You flow, you ebb into whatever the conversation takes you to. Hmm. Something else that Mr. Sessler points out is that it seems to be very, very much geared towards social interactivity. So being able to see what your friends are doing at any given moment, uh, seeing, say, one of your friends is playing a game and you have that game and then suddenly playing with them at a sort of push of a button. Uh, it's interesting and I'm sure that aspect may sell consoles, but uh, I've mentioned in a lot of her video games days that I do not play video games for the reason of being social. I play it to escape from reality. So my sort of online multiplayer action is few and far between. So although this is interesting, uh, it wouldn't be a reason I would buy a PlayStation 4. Now a reason I would buy a PlayStation 4 is his next item he talked about, and that is speed. Uh, this is, and I don't think there's any doubt now, the most powerful console ever created. Powerful in many regards, and technically speaking, that I will not get into for a reason. I don't really know the actual factual numbers, at least off the top of my head. But uh, he points out things like, say, uh, being able to purchase a game in the PlayStation Store and then immediately start playing while it is downloading. That That's... Uh, I suppose it's cool. That wait for download has never been, for me, something that has been overly onerous, even if it's, you know, half hour. It's a bit of a pain, sure. And I, I imagine once that disappears, I wouldn't want to go back to the other way. But right now, I've never had the thought, like, oh, God, I wish I could play this while I was downloading. Never once had that thought. It's probably like uh, owning a cell phone. I remember uh, of my friends, I was one of the last to do so. And then uh, once I had one, I'm like, how the hell did I live without the same with me and driving? I was, I think, 18 before I got my license because all my friends had their license. So I didn't really feel the need to have one. Then once I did, uh, you quickly sort of get in the mind frame of, oh my God, how did I ever get along without having my driver's license? So potentially it has that going. Uh, two of the, I suppose, sort of socially inclined things are the ability to share and stream. Uh, a button dedicated to sharing, say, uh, 60 seconds, 30 seconds of video clip that you just recorded, or pictures, screenshots, those are uh, kind of interesting. One thing I do find even more interesting is the ability to stream your gameplay. What that means is I could be playing this Killzone game that I have, if I had a PlayStation 4, that is, and then while playing, be streaming the video of me playing across the internet where my friends could watch. Uh, that sounds ridiculous. Why would anyone want to do that? But I think there is potential there. For example, perhaps tournaments, fighting game tournaments, streamed live on the internet, driving tournaments. I, I think it's more likely that local multiplayer streamed in tournament form, that, that has some potential, I suppose. The last thing he mentioned was the 500 gigabyte hard drive. This has me a little bit worried, just in that I upgraded my PlayStation 3 from whatever it came with, 100 and something, to the 500 gig, uh, installed it myself. I don't brag often, but uh, that was pretty technically 
and softwarily involved, and I managed to do it, take out the old hard drive, install the new one. And again, it's been, uh, I'm getting near the end of my PlayStation 3's life, let's say. Not that I don't think I'll go and revisit and maybe play a little Fallout or Skyrim or something, but that 500 gigs is almost filled, and Adam Sessler points out that some of the games that are being released can be upwards of 40 gigs. So that 500 is going to fill up potentially very quickly. Now, that being said, you can erase them and re-download them because once you've paid for them, you've paid for them. So, you know, there's that potentially. And I assume at one point it will become available where you can get a terabyte hard drive and install that and i'd probably end up doing that okay uh, let's move on to video the second which was playing with the camera hmm. i never when i had my xbox i never had the camera i never had the playstation i but because this came as part of a bundle and i wanted to sort of have a good starting point for my playstation 4 when i get it i decided yeah yeah i want to get involved with this and see what it's all about it apparently has a lot of the same functionality that the uh, Kinect has. So like facial recognition, voice commands. Voice commands apparently are sort of hit and miss. And that's, uh, that's sort of always been a problem. Voice recognition software is still not 100% good 100% of the time. One thing that sort of, I don't want to say worries me about that, is one thought I have though is that could someone walk into the room and say, PlayStation 4 off while I'm playing my game? Because <laughs> I wouldn't like that. That would be, in fact, bad. Uh, there are some sort of included quote-unquote games that come with this camera. I don't even know if I'd so much call them games. It's just like a demo software where you can sort of see what some of the possibilities are. And with anything, I don't think game developers have perhaps figured out a way to use it in games where it sort of makes sense that, and uh, why don't I roll the other talk they had in about the new controller uh, with that, because they have the, the, the touchpad on the controller, which is a very, very interesting idea. Uh, they spoke of how some of the games are taking use, are making use of this touchpad on the PlayStation 4 controller. And again, it's sort of so far has that feel of developers not yet knowing what it is capable of and what to do with it exactly. So that'll, that'll come with time and potentially come in to come with time with the camera. Although with the camera, uh, game developers have had the Kinect to work with for quite a long time. And I don't think there's ever been too many examples of how the Kinect has been used playing a video game that didn't feel like sort of a mini game or just sort of tacked on, I guess you would say. Some of the examples that the touchpad, which is both clickable as sort of a button, and you can use it to do swiping, sort of like on an iPhone, you know, or a touch screen. Well, that's, that's what it, it doesn't really look or it doesn't really look like a touch screen, actually, which is kind of interesting. I think it's much more rugged than a, like, sort of actual factual touch screen has been in the past, which is a good idea. As long as it works, because you don't, I think the reason for that being is that it's not a screen in that it's not displaying anything. So uh, that allows them to make it a little more rugged. They showed some of the examples of how it was being used in video games so far, and it's all sort of kind of a, uh, ancillary things, nothing that is real, actual, sort of factual gameplay, like bringing up your map 
and scrolling around your map and say an open world game, zooming in, placing waypoints, that kind of thing, which uh, is good and it makes sense, but you could, there, there's other ways that it, that has been done in the past that have worked fine. Now, I'm not one of those, if it ain't broke, don't fix it people, but I just hope that this technology finds new and different uses that had not existed. I don't think it showed any examples of, but uh, Mr. Sessler pointed out that something this would potentially be very good for is in first-person shooters uh, switching between weapons, and he says that this pad is in such a place where to swipe over with your thumb to do so feels very, very natural because it's sort of right in the middle. And it's quite large, too, actually, which I was surprised about. I wonder if it is sort of sensitive enough sensitive enough to do, like, drawing with. Like, if you could draw things on the screen using this touchpad. Because that could open up some possibilities. Like, for example, in the game uh, Okami, there was quite a bit of drawing done in that, which could be used with this uh, controller, with this touchpad. Then there are sort of just the mini-games that could be played, uh, which I suppose there's potential there as well. So, uh, hacking, opening door type games. Yeah, yeah, you know what, I, would, I, wouldn't mind be, I wouldn't mind seeing it being used as that. Say, in Skyrim, when you have to lockpick a door, somehow getting this touchscreen involved. And I think that will, for now, uh, wrap this up. I will be back. I still have, I think, three, four more items for when I go in and do eight hours of work, and then I'll, you know, come back and talk more PS4. The way this is going, uh, I think this is going to be the the PS4 episode of the Lack of Days Go Live Broke Keeper Gillis podcast, because um, I'm taking much more time than I thought it would. But it's nice for a change. After last Friday Internet Day, I said to myself, you know what, that is dumb to try to fit that much in, because it ends up not being as good, I don't think. Although, you can let me know what you think to the address provided in the closing credits, or perhaps you can tweet at me. I am Jordan underscore Maywood. Lo- love to hear from you. That will leave one final thing to say, which is, of course, Oh my blood. Look at her butt. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back! Back! We are back! Back in action! Hello again! Well, that was a day at work. Yes, sorry, Bob. I'm going to jump right in, back in, no less, because um, I want to... Well, to be honest with you, I got notes to read, and the whole, uh, you know, darkness during wintertime thing coming on earlier means I should get through them as quickly as possible. So, that's just what I'm going to do. For example, my next note is note D, and it is PS4 launch week. So, Mr. Adam Sessler once again spoke of the launch week of PlayStation 4, as you do during the launch week of the PlayStation 4. That's what you talk about when your YouTube channel is devoted to video games. Uh, something he has pointed out quite a few times on quite a few videos I've seen now is that you can't really 100% tell the sort of potential of a new console until like a year in, because the makers of games need some time to break it in a bit. They need to see what can be done and how it is to be done. 
with their video game making, and uh, that's going to take some time. It just doesn't happen right off the bat. So I think, sort of, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, on that note, I think if he wasn't being paid <laughs> to talk about this console on this YouTube channel, he might potentially just say, you know what, I'm not going to say anything for one year, and then I'll talk about it. But, because the masses need to hear his opinion, he said some things. Sort of the underlying thought, though, is just, meh, is a kind of, meh, a sort of shrug of the shoulders. It looks fine, but nothing has blown me away. Which uh, I think is probably a pretty accurate statement for the reason that when the PlayStation 3 came out, and I think even when the PlayStation 2 came out, there wasn't really games that you looked at and said, oh my god, what the hell has video games become? This is an amazing leap forward. I think, and this is probably the strongest example, if not the most recent, was when the N64 came out and we got our first glimpse of Super Mario 64 and what video games could be like. That game, which if you dust off and play right now, and they've sort of re-released it quite a number of times, is still, because of its cartoony graphics, still looks pretty good, still plays good, still just an amazing thing that sort of opened people's eyes to sort of the potential, the future potential of video games. And I haven't really felt a game or the release of a console has had that impact really since then, at least to that degree, let's say. Uh, another thing he spoke of with this launch week is console rarity. Uh, this has me, I suppose, a little worried because I didn't decide to pre-purchase my PlayStation. I wanted to, as I mentioned this morning, buy it on Amazon with Christmas card gift certificates that I have asked for from all my family. So, he said something in this, and I didn't actually write it down, but it was something along the lines of uh, potentially people will have to wait months after Christmas before this becomes available because they didn't make enough, as happens from time to time. So that has me a little worried, to be honest with you. I, I hope it doesn't come to, come to pass. I've never had that problem before in any of my console purchases where one was not available. But uh, I guess we will see what we will see. I'll tell you what we do, as I like to from time to time, is to get a little audience participation. Uh, I would love to hear from you. You could tweet at me. I am Jordan underscore Maywood. Or email me to the address provided in the closing credits. Let me know, did you pre-purchase? Are you currently playing your PlayStation 4? What you think about it? If you did not purchase pre, uh, do you still plan to get it? Why haven't you done so? Are you sort of in the same boat as me that you're thinking of potentially price drop waiting, potentially using Christmas funds? What's your story, dude? Uh, the last, the last thing he spoke of as far as the PlayStation 4 and its release week was there wasn't a huge amount of games. And that's the other reason that I've never felt the need to buy consoles right when they are released because they don't have a lot of games right when they are released. So you have to sort of weed through games that you will enjoy, which is easier to find those shiny, shiny pearls of gamey goodness when there are a lot of games to choose from. And quite often, a lot of the games that release are sports games, which I just avoid. I don't have fun playing sports games. Maybe the odd racing game, and even that, uh, I don't 
can't remember the last racing game I bought. One game that Mr. Sessler says he is looking forward to is Titanfall, and I can say the same. It looks very, very good from the sort of clips I've seen so far. Okay, let's move on to item E, which are the indie and free-to-play games. So this is something that, it's not necessarily PS4 only, it is something that is Xbox as well, but uh, it, all the PS4 coverage I've seen, it seems to me that the good people over at Sony are moving a lot of their efforts and focus over to this idea that video games don't have to be coming from these sort of top AAA makers, and there's definitely a market for games to not have that $60 price tag to price tag to not take you know years to develop to have a small team developing them independently, aka indie, and they're going to sell a lot of copies. And they're, if they're good, they're good. If they're bad, you know they're bad. If they're good, they'll potentially get sequels, and people will enjoy them. I've played just a, a shit ton of indie games, and the good thing about <laughs> it's kind of the, the, the Scottish in me perhaps saying that the really good thing about a indie game is that even if you didn't have the best time in the world, you're, you're not too... you don't have too much money out of pocket, because they're quite often... I don't want to say inexpensive, but compared to that $60 price tag, um, inexpensive. So if I pay, and I've had this discussion before on for video games days, which is this, this particular Rock Internet Day episode could sort of be mashed in with a third video games day episode of this podcast, and that's kind of good for the reason that I don't currently have a game on the go, so it's probably going to be a while for before my next video games day. I do technically have a game on the go, it's just I'm replaying Terraria, and I already reviewed it on the podcast, please go have a listen to that, but I'm not going to do a whole other episode for it, so, you know, there. Anyways, what was I saying? Yes, this uh, free-to-play as well as indie. Uh, so we spoke of the indie and how I've enjoyed that over the, I don't even know if years so much as months, because they haven't sort of exploded on the scene too, too much. And free-to-play, that's another way to go. It's basically microtransactions. I think that's kind of how it usually plays out. And that is you get the game for free, but within the game, if you want to do and have certain things, you need to pay teeny amounts. Now, I've always sort of poo-pooed that idea with the thought that people going on these things and then paying are going to have a much, much better game experience than those who don't. However, and I was very surprised about this, to be honest, was Adam Sessler said that that is not the case in a lot of the games he's played so far. Like uh, DC Universe Online, one called uh, Blacklight, and one which I can't read my notes because of that darkness I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he played all three of these and said that the experience of playing these games without paying for these little upgrades or guns or ammo or special clothing or whatever you can pay for it, not doing that has not ruined the game experience for him. So, uh, I don't know, I'm going to try to keep my mind a little more open than it has been as far as those, and see what we see. Definitely DC Universe Online. I'm a big DC and Marvel fan. So, 
probably a DC fan more so than a Marvel fan, to be honest with you. So, uh, the fact that they have a, I think it's a, it's a massively multiplayer online role-playing game, MMORPG. The fact that I can, at the very least, play for free and check it out and see if I like it before I pay any money, uh, that is appealing. There's no, no denying it. No ifs, ands, or buts. Okay, so let's move on to my last two items. Ah, yes, my last two items are reviews. Hey, if you are a, let's call it a news channel that focuses on video games, you're going to have the odd review. In fact, you're going to have a lot of reviews. In fact, that's probably going to be where you focus a lot of your energy because that is what the the people are the people are just clamoring for your reviews. And uh, there was one I watched from Miss Tara Long, who uh, I'm a big fan of and enjoy her opinions on video games. She reviewed a game called Knack, which you may have heard of if you're paying attention to any PS4 related stuffs. And then uh, Mr. Adam Sessler reviewed uh, Killzone. Killzone colon with something after the colon that I can't read my notes again. Hmm. Yes, indeed. Uh, Killzone, as I mentioned this morning, is a game I've already purchased. So, uh, it was nice to hear that he didn't hate the game. <laughs> he gave it a uh, 3 out of 5. So, you know, that's good. Uh, I will say I have played Killzones in the past. I don't think I've played every single one. And they've been sort of status quo first-person shooters that haven't blown me away, but I, I've enjoyed while playing. Probably, if we fit in with my standard rating system, I would give all of them threes out of fives for the reason that I use my threes for games and movies and TVs and books in which I enjoy while participating in them. However, once they're done, I have no real desire to go back and check on them again. That's what I like using my threes for. And the Kill Zone as a series has always fallen into that category, so I assume this one will as well. Uh, that being said, the I got it as sort of part of a deal. Uh, I guess maybe there's a little nostalgia factor in that when I bought my PlayStation 3, it came with uh, the first Kill Zone. So, you know, there was a little of that, perhaps. It's uh, certainly pretty to look at. And I this is sort of goes in line with Adam Sessler's thought that it takes about a year before you start to see drastic changes in what these new consoles are capable of. And, you know, it's been out a week, and you can tell that this kill zone looks prettier than any other kill zone that has come before it, but it's not sort of that giant leap in graphical power that we may hopefully see a year down the road. Something that has nothing to do with graphics, more to do with the sort of look and feel of this kill zone, is that it looks not as gray and brown and depressing, and they've tried to add a little more color to it, which uh, is appreciated, trust me on that one, because when you play a game of any length, be it eight hours to 40 hours, if it's all gonna be sort of monochromatic, beigey, browny, bum-wiping color, uh, it gets old and your eyes start to yearn for the colors. All in all, uh, since I'm getting close to home, and again, cannot see any of my notes, I will say I am looking forward to playing it, regardless of its sort of, uh, I don't think maybe middle of the road is a fair assessment, but not super, super amazing, blow your 
blow the blow the top off your head with its soup with its uh, with its greatness. Yeah, it's not that I don't think. Then there's Knack. Knack is a game that uh, Terry Long reviewed, which it's a game that I wouldn't have played regardless of her review. But her review sort of for me put the nail in the coffin of not buying this game. She did give it a three out of five, so you know, not horrible. She liked it more than I than I know I would. So it, it wasn't like she gave it a bad review and then I said, oh, I don't want to play this game. It was, I didn't want to play this game. She likes it, but the things she likes about it are things that I wouldn't like about it. Uh, that kind of idea. The premise is good. The premise is good. It just seems a little perhaps aimed at kids and a little old school platformy, which I think I may have kind of grown out of just in the sense that I haven't played one in a very, very long time that I've had fun playing. Not to say that someone couldn't make one that I would enjoy. Uh, Limbo? Would you consider that a platform? And I did have fun playing that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I just need a little more adult themes than kind of kiddiness. That being said, another thing she said as well that sort of threw me off even a thought of getting this one was that it's very, very hard. And I don't like hard video games. My frustration point is my fun point. They're very, very intermingled within my brain. So if I am not having fun and am frustrated, uh, it's hand in hand with me. So no thank you. That's not the reason I, I don't play video games to be challenged. I play them as a source of entertainment and escape from reality. So you're constantly pushing me to death quite often is not my idea of a good time. A little challenge for the reason that you have a sense of accomplishment, sure, but uh, that's not what this sounded like it was going to happen if I played it. <clears throat> you play this kind of a robot that's sort of magical, a magical robot, so best of both worlds there, that can break down into little itty-bitty pieces and then grow into giant big pieces. So you're made of pieces that can sort of grow and shrink and fall apart. And some of the parts that did look fun is when you get like super, super giant, like building size and can stomp around. I always like that. Uh, and I feel like I haven't had that experience in a video game lately where your like sense of being incredibly large and just kicking the shit out of people with ease. Uh, I, I do like that. I suppose that sort of gameplay can get to uh, get can stagnate quickly, but I like it. I like it. Folks, you know what I also like? You. Yeah, you. You know why? You listened to this entire episode that's about to end. Mm. End by saying something I say at the end of every episode, which is, of course, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine.
till the warm-up's underway Wait till our lips have met Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Come the day you're mine Live long and prosper.